Hi, this is Pashali. Welcome to my podcast, Food and Mood, Stress, Anxiety and Depression, The Nutrition Connection. On today's podcast, I have a friend here who will talk about the connection between what we eat and how we cope with stress, anxiety and depressed moods in our lives. You probably have heard by now that healthy eating is important to a healthy life. And more so now with the thought of illness in many of our minds every day. Through the coronavirus pandemic times, one thing many of us have, may have realized that health is indeed wealth. What about our mental health though? Are we thinking about our bodies as well as our minds? They are connected anyway. Now to talk about how what we eat affects our overall well-being, I have today Tova Schrenkler from Scandinavian Health here today. Tova has been a nutrition therapist for more than 20 years, so a lot of experience there. Uh, Tova comes from Norway originally and lives in Dusseldorf in Germany. Let's get started then on this very interesting topic of food and mood. Welcome Tova to my podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about how food affects our mood. Mood that can swing from being stressed to anxious to depressed to feeling upbeat, motivated and happy. Thank you Pashali for inviting me to talk about my passion, how to eat for optimum health and to explain the connection between the right nutrition and how we feel in order to make it possible to gain more control over one's own health. Tova, there are so many articles circulating the web on what we eat, how to lose weight, what to eat to feel good, and on and on. Now, having so much choice can be quite daunting sometimes. How do I know what is right for me? Firstly, do you have any tip on how we know what sort of nutrition information to pick out for my life situation to feel good overall mentally and physically? Yes, there is a jungle of information available and there are many popular diets that are promoted. It's extremely difficult to know what is the right diet because it's highly individual and it might change during our lifetime depending on our life situation. For many th uh, things in life, we uh, consult experts, but somehow we think that what we eat should be such a simple thing that we should know how to, um, should not have to ask for advice, in fact. Mm -hmm. um, but in times of stress, we might experience or be more prone to headaches, depression, or digestive problems. Allergies or eczema might flare up, or hormone fluctuations might cause real problems. Yeah. This is because in times of increased stress, we might not digest our foods properly, have increased nutritional needs and produce stress hormones that are promoting inflammation and uh, actually also makes it difficult to sleep at night. The good news is, however, that there is a lot you can do to change the situation. Mm -hmm. Apart from addressing mental health issues and exercise, there is the wonderful world of foods that are there to provide the nutrients that we need. And there are certain foods that are better in doing this than others. Yeah. Okay, now let me get a bit more specific. 
Do you have any nutrition advice that is easy to follow for those of us listening who may be dealing with a lot of stress in their lives right now? It will sound simple and you probably heard it before. Eat a balanced diet consisting of whole foods, fruit and vegetables, including some high quality protein. This is still true and is the foundation for every diet. Um, the first thing I do with my clients is to ask them to eat regular meals and cut back on sugar. Mm -hmm. Highly processed foods and refined carbohydrates like white bread, rice, yeah. mashed potatoes. Yeah. In addition, I ask them to be careful with coffee and other stimulants that promote stress hormones to be produced. Okay. This is because I want the level of blood sugar to be stable to promote a good level of energy throughout the day and to limit the amount of insulin that is produced. If blood sugar is allowed to drop too low, the body responds by producing adrenaline, the stress hormone, in order to release sugar stored in our liver and muscles. Coffee has the same effect. Mm -hmm. Symptoms of this happening might be restlessness or cravings, headaches, heart palpitations, feeling jittery or irritable, maybe even panic attacks or anxiety yeah. and problems concentrating. And then I give them a list of foods that provides the nutrients that makes us more resilient to stress and that promote hormonal balance and which uh, contains the building, uh, the building blocks for making neurotransmitters or the happy hormones serotonin and dopamine. This can then be incorporated into three main meals and as an energy snack mid-morning and mid-afternoon. Okay, right. Thank you. Um, and what kind of food should I eat when I feel anxiety coming up? Well, uh, it is best to follow the nutritional recommendations in order to prevent the anxiety, uh, anxiety from coming up in the first place. Um, so the goal is to become more uh, resilient. Uh, in order to prevent uh, anxiety from happening, the most important thing is not to let the blood sugar drop too low. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to prevent uh, something from happening than to deal with it once it's there. That's true, yeah. So, yeah and you have certain stress busting foods that are um, and these are rich in b vitamins vitamin c and magnesium mm -hmm. and these nutrients are high in demand in stressful periods magnesium is uh, known as nature's tranquilizer and can be found in a variety of foods uh, but mostly in green leafy vegetables and nuts and seeds and we know that we are not getting enough of that. So um, this is like we have to put it on our uh, diet or shopping list. Yeah. Then are the B vitamins. They are very important for nerve health and can be found in most foods. But there are some foods that are particularly good. And um, these are um, actually in a lot of vegetables. Also, again, we have the green leafy vegetables, mm -hmm. but also the whole grains uh, and quinoa and oats, mm. but um, beans and onions, and again, seeds and nuts, sweet potato, broccoli, peppers, bananas, asparagus, lentils. These are just a few. Then there is vitamin C. Mm. And uh, we have there the peppers, 
-hmm. cabbage, broccoli, strawberries, melons, and all the citrus fruit, of course, and tomatoes. Yeah. And, um, and there are two uh, nutrients, actually, that have been found in some studies to be able to lower the severity of panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And these, uh, these are the nutrients, uh, folic acid and inositol. And um, you can find them in spinach and peanuts and sprouts, also in nuts, broccoli, and mainly, you know, all the nuts and seeds, and again, the green leafy vegetables. So you see how important that is. Yeah. And um, there is also the question of alcohol in anxiety, um, and the um, alcohol might relax us when we drink alcohol, but the bad thing is that the next day, um, alcohol actually lowers the level of happy hormones. Mm -hmm. and um, increases the risk of suffering uh, from uh, anxiety. Okay. And in the long term, um, alcohol depletes the B vitamins, the very vitamins that we need to, um, to have to, to eat to build a nervous uh, or healthy nervous system. But if you feel um, then that the panic attack is underway, um, it might be helpful to have a small snack just to get your blood sugar up and make sure that you're not dehydrated. So drink something, mm -hmm. however, not coffee, because yeah. that makes matters worse. Yeah. And then there are some acute help there that you can use. There are some medicinal herbs, um, but you should talk to a health professional uh, before you start uh, trying out some of these. But this can be a wonderful part also of, of treating mild uh, depression or mild uh, anxiety. Yeah, thank you. Wow, that was a lot of great advice. Um, and a lot of like practical, like everyday food that you mentioned. That's really good. Now, one thing that really interested me when I was talking to you some time ago, and that's what I would like our listeners also to learn about, is the topic of prevention of silent inflammation. Yes, that's very close to my heart. Um, over the last 20 years working as a nutritional therapist, I have come to realize that uh, one of the most important foundations of good health and a long and healthy life is the prevention of silent inflammation um, and ways to improve your health risk by using natural methods like lifestyle changes. Yeah. So um, I will explain what I mean by silent inflammation and why it's so important that we understand it and why you should pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. um, so silent inflammation can take hold in, in, uh, in your body um, and it's actually low-grade uh, inflammation that takes place over several years. Um, uh, but uh, it's possible to prevent this from happening. Um, so there are ways you can improve your health risk by using natural methods like uh, these lifestyle changes. Okay, but first of all, um, could you tell us more about why a prevention is better than cure? It's much easier to prevent an illness than it is to treat it once it has manif manifested itself. And uh, of course, I can't now talk to you without uh, mentioning Corona. Yes. So I will use that as an example. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, we have no cure 
and we have no vaccine. So we are at risk of getting a disease that we have to fight with our natural defenses, uh, which are amazing, by the way. Yeah, and most people can do that. Yeah. And, but in the first place, maybe it's better not to get a disease. So we try to prevent it by keeping distance and washing our hands frequently. However, it also makes sense to strengthen our natural defenses so that if we get it, the risk of a severe illness is lowered. And uh, this can be done by looking after ourselves in terms of lowering stress, to make sure we get enough sleep, and by eating a healthy diet. Mm -hmm. So the, the um, science thinks that we can actually, um, by preventing illness, we can, we can add up to 10, 20 years of healthy life expectancy. And I'm talking about healthy life, right. not just life itself. Right. Um, so this is why I would like you to invest in your own health so that you can have this long and healthy life. Yeah. Um, okay, Tova, now what about my genes? Don't they, or anybody's genes really, don't they determine uh, my health risks or don't genes determine our health risks? Yes, you're right. Um, genes might be a predisposing factor and increase a risk of certain diseases. However, when we talk about degenerative disease, uh, external influences also play a role as does uh, lifestyle and diet. All these factors can influence our health outcome, which I think is, is really good news because it also means that we can influence our own health by decreasing the risk. Yeah, true. So, yeah, and lifestyle, they think uh, or is thought to make out 80% of our health risk, whereas only 20% of our health outcomes are determined by genes. Okay. A typical pattern that we see today in our Western world um, is that our health situation looks more or less like this, that we are have um, a large part of the population that I call this sort of vertical ill. They're not well, but they're also not sick. And um, in the food and mood um, survey a few years ago, it turned out that about 80% of the population are complaining of low energy. Okay. 44% uh, think they have general bad health. Mm. Almost 50% have regular headaches or migraines. Wow. Every second person suffer from depression sometime in their life. Wow. And uh, almost 65% are suffering from digestive problems. Mm -hmm. So the question is, are you happy with only being not ill or do you want to be healthy? So that's why, you know, what I'm promoting is like you can do something to, to go towards the optimal health situation. Yeah. True, that's a very important point here. Like, I must remember that, am I happy with only being not ill or do I want to be healthy? Yeah, important. Um, so Tova, now what is silent inflammation? Well, the silent inflammation doesn't have any particular symptoms, but it is the precursor for many degenerative illnesses. Mm -hmm. There are uh, low-grade inflammatory compounds circulate in the body and create damage at different sites, organs, brain, arteries, joints, and skin. 
and it upsets the fine balance in the body and can cause premature aging. It is a normal result of living and breathing, but trouble starts when compounds um, exceed our capacity to defend ourselves from them. This happens, um, actually we can defend ourselves through antioxidants, um, but if, if, the, um, if the inflammation exceeds our antioxidant protection or detoxification capacity, Mm -hmm. uh, then it is damaging to our body. We can look at it like this. Um, actually, uh, you have to put more money into the bank account than you take out. Okay. It's all yeah. about balance. Mm -hmm. And um, contributing causes uh, to this low-grade inflammation um, is that we might have nutritional deficiencies caused by poor diets mm -hmm. or indeed also existing illnesses. And our cells are experiencing a kind of oxidative stress, and this leads to this inflammation and then in turn illness. And um, also what happens is that insulin metabolism, uh, which plays of course a role in diabetes, um, it becomes impaired, and the first signs might be uh, weight gain, and, um, and it increases the risk of, of getting diabetes. And these fat cells uh, also, unfortunately, produce inflammatory compounds, which makes the situation even worse. So it's, it's a bit of a vicious circle. Yeah, sounds like it. So what's the biggest problem, you think, with silent inflammation? And the problem is that you don't feel it. And uh, it's uh, over time, it can actually play a role in the big five um, degenerative diseases. Um, so there are these lifestyle related diseases like heart disease, stroke, diabetes, Alzheimer, and cancer. Yeah. But uh, they are also applied in, um, of course, joint pain, arthritis, um, PMS, menopausal problems, allergies, any digestive problems, mm. and premature aging, and lung diseases, of course, like um, COPD. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned something about uh, PMS and menopausal problems as well. So, I mean, do I take it also like something to do with our hormones then for women, especially? So hormonal imbalances as well? Yes, you're right. Um, I focused a lot on female health in the last 20 years. And many of the problems that women experience have an element of an imbalance in the hormones, estrogen, progesterone. Mm -hmm. And um, again, there we have the contributing causes of poor diets, um, hormones in our foods, pollution by so-called xenoestrogens okay. and stress. Um, and these problems often manifest themselves around the age of 40, okay. uh, although younger women might also suffer from them. Um, and there is also a strong correlation uh, with the body's capacity to detoxify. And um, so that means an underfunctioning liver. And uh, one example I think is important that uh, women are aware of um, is um, that alcohol consumption can increase the levels of circulating estrogen in the blood for several hours. 
the cost of detoxification capacity of the liver is exceeded um, if you have too much alcohol. And um, what science tells us is that this might increase the risk of cervical and, and breast cancer. Okay. Um, so what are the main consequences of hormonal imbalance? I think some of them you mentioned already, but um, anything else we need to be looking out for? Main consequences? There are uh, the like daily uh, in everyday life nagging symptoms of problems with periods, weight gain, depression, and, and like I mentioned, also more serious uh, cancer. Um, it is common. A lot of women uh, complain about premenstrual symptoms like headaches and bloating, irritability, and depression. Yeah. Um, but there are many symptoms. It's possible to test the, the estrogen levels. There are um, a saliva tests that can test how the hormones develop throughout the cycle. Um, and again, it's worthwhile mentioning that there is a strong relation uh, or correlation with stress. Um, and also, stress can impact our production of thyroid hormone, um, which uh, um, problem with the thyroid is another um, uh, health problem that yeah. a lot of women have. Yeah. Uh, so the whole hormonal system is like a fine-tuned system. It's, it's like an orchestra. <laughs> True. Okay, now back to inflammation. How do I know if I have inflammation in my body? Like what are the typical symptoms to look out for? Well, there are often no clear symptoms, um, but you might be feeling uh, a bit low, uh, tired, a bit down, experience joint pain or weight gain, and like before mentioned, the hormonal problems, and typically gain fat around the middle. Mm -hmm. Digestive problems are common. And um, food tolerances are very often present. Um, and in um, order to reduce this long-term, low-grade inflammation, there are some do's and, and, and don'ts and some life hacks that you can integrate into your daily life. Okay. And um, of course, uh, you want to avoid uh, the things that promote uh, inflammation. That's right, yeah. I wanted to ask you that. So what promotes inflammation? Um, well, like I talked um, to you about before a little bit, I mentioned this vicious cycle. Mm. So poor nutrition can lead to nutritional deficiencies and um, increased uptake of toxic, toxic compounds. And this leads to further interference with absorption of vitamins and minerals which cause even more damage and inflammation. And uh, typically we, we know about pollution and smoking and excess sun exposure. Yeah. Um, but then there is the diet. Um, you um, don't get all the nutrients you need from the diet. Uh, or if you consume a lot of stimulants like coffee, alcohol, tea and cigarettes, the consumption of these can result in cravings, more weight gain, highs and lows, increases stress in the body, and can uh, even make anxiety, tension, headaches, and depression even worse. So um, in order to reduce these um, long-term effects, 
Mm. Um, I recommend in particular the three things I want to give you to uh, take away um, and um, the best uh, recommendation is to eat a rainbow. Uh, so you have all the colors in the fruit and the berries, vegetables, um, they contain antioxidants that we need in order to combat inflammation. Mm -hmm. uh, my other top tip is to make sure you get plenty of omega-3 in your diet. You yeah. find them in fish, but also in nuts and seeds. And they actually are uh, protecting their anti-inflammatory foods. Mm -hmm. And um, thirdly, uh, to avoid anything that's burned or rancid, like old fats or, or very uh, like to, to um, fry things or very high heat. Uh, and uh, sugar also is a pro-inflammatory food. And it doesn't have any nutrients. So um, just a question so there. Is it like you're talking about refined sugar or any kind of sugar, too much of any kind of sugar? Well, um, yeah, sugar, uh, the white sugar uh, in general, uh, and of course all the sugar that you find in baked goods, for instance, or sweets. Yeah. Uh, but then there are also sugars in the form of refined foods, highly processed foods. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you, don't, you have to look a little bit, uh, for instance, look at your breakfast cereals. Um, yeah. They are very, very high in sugar a lot of the time um, and reduce done as much as possible mm -hmm. uh, with all these baked goods for instance yeah. so um, there are a range of uh, other anti-inflammatory foods that nature gives us also and some of these can even be used in a therapeutic way um, and especially there are some plants and herbs that uh, we can use but uh, we have like uh, ginger for instance or curcuma these are wonderful mm -hmm. spices and herbs we can use all uh, all the fresh herbs also have really a lot of antioxidants as have the berries blueberries uh, in particular right yeah but um I want also to tell you that all this advice, you know, your changes should not cause additional stress in your everyday life. But because stress is another um, factor that actually, um, when, we, when we produce the stress uh, hormones, it actually also um, creates this damage in the body too. So these things should be incorporated to help you feel more energetic and give you the ability to enjoy life more. Mm -hmm. So don't be too strict with yourself. Every little helps. Yeah. And you are amazing bodies, but thank you for doing it. Uh, just uh, don't be too ambitious. Even small changes can have really a profound effect. Wow, that was really helpful, Tova. Lots of good advice. Now, for our podcast listeners, we have a very interesting online workshop coming up on the topic, Add Life to Your Years, Prevention is Better Than Cure. You will learn about efficient ways of dealing with stress, anxiety, and depressed moods in your life and replace these with abundant joy from a mental health as well as nutrition point of view. You can book today or right after this podcast. I have details on my website. Uh, that's www.pashalilas.com or visit Tova's clinic website on www.scandinavian-health.com. I put a little link on my website as well. There will be so many hacks and tips for you to use and you can interact by sending questions in advance 
or ask them directly during the workshop to find out what's best for you. So not like a um, general kind of piece of advice, but really very tailored to you. Uh, and we'll be doing the workshop uh, on Zoom, right, over. So yeah, I'll just um, give more information soon. So Tova, I would like to thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today. It was really very interesting. It was really fun talking to you, Vershali. Um, I also want to mention that it is important for women to deal with stress. And uh, it can be wonderful to have someone like you to talk to in order to set new priorities and get a better understanding on what should be the priorities in life just to get control of the stress. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Hope to hear back from you. Bye-bye.